Let's agree together in prayer. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, we do thank you for the privilege to be able to share fellowship with your word and your spirit. We thank you because wisdom and revelation is ours. Insight, we see you revealed, made known in the scriptures today. We pray that our hearts will be enraptured in the rhapsody of your love. We pray that our hearts will fully grasp and lay hold on the good news of your salvation and that which you have wrought in us by giving us your spirit. And we trust and believe that as we hear these words, indeed our lives would be a mirror reflection of them, even to the glory of your name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. All right. So uh, today we will be starting a new series. <laughs> yeah, we'll be starting a new series um, for the past, uh, what, 23 episodes uh, of, of this podcast. We had been looking at the gospel revealed in Galatians where we explored Galatians chapter 1, you know, and, and we we spoke extensively on a lot of things. And again, what what, was, what is the aim of, you know, this podcast uh, that is being done? It is to reveal the gospel concerning Jesus Christ in all the scriptures, you know. And uh, we started with Galatians, with the epistles, uh, you know, with the epistle of Paul. Um, and at least to ease us in um, and to to see that indeed um, you know <laughs> Jesus is the message you know the gospel of God's salvation and redemption um, you know is the message and right from Galatians chapter 1 we went into so many other places and scriptures um, you know and the goal is still to continue Galatians especially for the aim of bible study um you know um, and we will still continue with galatians chapter 2 but this new series will go side by side with it and uh, we will be seeking to see the gospel of jesus christ revealed um, in genesis so we started with galatians which is a, a new testament writing right and now I would want us to see that that same gospel um, is also in the Old Testament writings. So, you know, many times, many people try to pit the Old Testament against the New Testament. You know, and you hear things like, oh, the things written in the Old Testament um, are redundant. Uh, you know, they were, <laughs> they are irrelevant for us today. What matters now is the New Testament. Uh, you know, we are not Old Testament saints, we're New Testament saints. Um, so that's referring to the writings, um, you know, and and that's not correct. That ought not to be so. Uh, because the when we look into the, the, the time of the apostles, even the time of Jesus Christ, their scriptures was actually the Old Testament writings, right? Genesis to Malachi, that was their scriptures. So... And much of what Paul taught, you know, was revealed to him 
in those writings. So false teachings on grace, mercy, love, the church, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Where do you think he got that from? You know, he got it from the scriptures. And we've emphasized that actually in um, in our series, uh, you know, the gospel revealed in Galatians. Uh, so it's going to be such an interesting journey. We'll be covering chapter one of Genesis. Um, you know, uh, we'll be covering chapter one of Genesis and looking at it in detail, looking to see the good news of our salvation revealed there because it was there. Um, it was there and, and we're going to see it and I want us to, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, it's going to be an exciting time um, of, of enjoying God's word. So make sure you have your Bible handy. Uh, make sure you have your notes, you know, <laughs> to take notes and so that you can go back and also check these things again for yourself um, and allow it to renew your mind, transform your mind. And in doing so, also seek to share this with others as well. And I don't mean necessarily sharing this podcast. Yes, please do <laughs> if you're blessed by it. Um, but much more, you know, what you've learned and if indeed it resonates with your heart of which it should by God's grace, you know, teach it to others also. Have conversations around this with other saints, with other believers, um, you know, and I'm sure there will even be much more that would be revealed to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, <laughs> let's get right into it. So the gospel revealed in Genesis. Now, before we go straight into Genesis, uh, I think it will be, it'll be better <clears throat> for us to um, actually lay some foundation. So um, it doesn't mean we may not touch on Genesis today, um, but at least this first episode is more of laying the foundation and the basis by which we will be interpreting or explaining um, the book of Genesis, okay? And again, by the way, as I said earlier, um, we will be, we will still continue with Galatians. We've not neglected it, uh, but it will be a series side by side, you know? So we have two ongoing series. There's the gospel revealed in Galatians. We'll begin with chapter two. Um, and then we have the current one that is starting today, the gospel revealed in Genesis, part one, part one. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's open our Bibles to Luke 24, Luke 24, Luke's gospel, Dr. Luke. So Luke 24, and I want you to turn with me to verse 13. So Luke 24, verse 13, and we're just going to read together and um, just make some few comments here and there, um, and then we'll get to the main, the main uh, verse for us to pay attention to. So Luke 24, verse 13, I'm reading from the King James Version. It says, And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus. Now the two of them being spoken of is speaking of two of the disciples of Jesus, right? Because in the previous verses, um, you know, uh, you know, Mary Magdalene and some other women came to report to the apostles um, that Jesus was risen. 
right? That Jesus had been risen and he was no longer in the tomb. And of course, um, there were lots of discussions around that. Um, you know, Peter and John went to the tomb to confirm and they did confirm that it was true. And of course, so this conversation had already <clears throat> started spreading amongst, you know, the disciples of Jesus. And so verse 13 is, is the continuation of that. You know, so it says, and behold, two of them, so two of the disciples, went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score, um, four longs. So three score is sixty, so sixty four longs, um, <clears throat> uh, or in today's, uh, in today's world, eight miles. So about eight miles from Jerusalem, which is quite a while, <laughs> you know, and they were walking. I think scholars will say that the journey from uh, Jerusalem to Emmaus took about two hours by foot. Okay, two hours by foot. Anyways, verse 14, it says, And they what? They talked together of all these things which had what happened. They talked together of all these things which had happened. Verse 15, And it came to pass that while they communed and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Okay, so what did they do? They communed together and they reasoned together. That's, that's actually very important. You know, we ought to do that as, as saints, as brethren. You know, we ought to commune together and reason together in the light of, um, of, of, of the scriptures, you know. But anyways, so it says Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Now verse 16. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. Their eyes were holding that they should not know him. Uh, now, on, on reading this, the, the first assumption, and, and it's a genuine one, I had it too when I first read this verse. The first assumption is that Jesus was the one withholding their eyes. Okay, and of course, when we say eyes here, we're not talking about their physical eyes, okay? That's why it says the, 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 their eyes were withholding that they should not know him, okay? Know him. So, the, the eyes there is not a physical eyes because they did see him. We're going we're gonna to read that um, in the next couple of verses. So, it therefore means that the eyes has to mean something much more, right? It has to mean the eyes of their mind, or we can say the eyes of their understanding, right? So when we see eyes, it doesn't necessarily always mean physical eyes. So we allow the context to determine the definition that we apply to this word eyes. Now, it doesn't mean that everywhere in scripture we see eyes, <laughs> then it also is not talking physical, no. But in this particular verse, in a way it says their eyes was withholding right we we know that it is not their physical eyes but rather the eyes of their mind or their understanding so when it now says that that they should not know him the word know actually means to know accurately right to know accurately to understand to have an accurate complete knowledge right to know thoroughly so, so when it says their eyes were holding, right, holding from what? 
from knowing him accurately or from knowing him thoroughly. Again, this is not a physical knowing, right? But it has to do with understanding. Okay, so the, the question that then comes to mind is that who held their eyes or what held? So most people assume it is a who. So many would assume that Jesus himself you know, was withholding their eyes or Jesus himself was withholding their understanding of knowing him accurately. But we're going to see that that was not the case. So instead of it being a who, the question should be what restrained their eyes? What restrained their eyes? And I'll give the answer now and I'll explain it as we read on. So what actually restrained their eyes was what? was their unbelief or what restrained their eyes was the false knowledge or the false understanding of him or Jesus that they had. So that false knowledge, that false understanding, right, or their unbelief, right, restrained or withheld them from knowing Jesus accurately. Okay. Uh, all right, so okay, we're, we're gonna see it as we read on, but just keep in mind that explanation, you can note it down. Okay, so it says, uh, verse 17, and he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another, and as ye walk? And that's sad. And the one of them whose name was Cleopas, right? Um, Many understand Cleopas to actually be the cousin of Jesus. So, as a cousin of Jesus. But anyways, that's just <laughs> on the side. So, it says, Whose name was Cleopas? And Serene said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and has not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a, now look at this so this was how they knew jesus okay so this was the understanding of jesus that they had remember when i explained verse 16 i said their eyes of their mind or the eyes of their understanding was restrained was holding from them knowing jesus accurately or from them knowing jesus thoroughly Right? So we are going to see what actually was holding their, their eyes of their mind. We're going to see what was actually restraining or preventing their eyes of their mind from knowing Jesus accurately. Now, let's pay attention to this. Verse 19, it says, And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth. So this was what they knew concerning Jesus of Nazareth which was a what a prophet mighty indeed and word before god and all the people and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him now look at verse 21 but we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed israel and beside all this today is the third day since these things were done right so which now look at verse 21 we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed israel 
And beside all, beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. So what did they know concerning Jesus? Oh, he was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, right? So of course, they, they, were, they were alluding to both his teachings and the working of his miracles, right, amongst the people. And then what was their expectation of him? They expected that he would redeem Israel, right? So with that redeeming there, it also means to deliver away from. So they assumed that Jesus was going to deliver Israel. Well, deliver Israel from who? Right? So their expectation was that Jesus would deliver Israel from the Roman Empire. Or from the grasp and the dominion of the Romans. So that was their expectation. Right? But unfortunately, of course, it wasn't so. So verse 22, so that was why they were sad. Verse 22, it now says, Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulchre. And when they found not his body, they came saying, that they had also seen a vision of angels which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre and found, even so as the woman had said, but him they saw not. So, you can see that um, what even made them sad, uh, yeah, what made them um, sad, you know, was that they, they did receive the report from the women, right, telling them that his body was not in the sepulchre. So the sepulchre would be the, the, the tomb wherein Jesus was laid, his physical body was laid. So they said his body was no longer present and that he was alive, but yes, they did not see him. And guess what? That made them sad. <laughs> so do you see what these people actually knew? So which means that the three and a half years of Jesus teaching them, you know, because Jesus did tell them, Jesus did teach them that he was going to be crucified and he was going to be raised up on the third day and he was going to be made alive on the third day. But they did not know or they did not receive or believe that message. The knowledge that they had concerning Jesus was, ah, mighty prophet, in word, in deed, in teaching, in miracles, right? And this prophet will deliver us, will redeem us from the tyranny of, of this Roman Empire. So that was the knowledge that they had that actually restrained them, okay? That restrained them from knowing Jesus accurately. Does that make sense? So is, is it that God was the one that took a hold of their mind and said, no, you will not know me. No. But the false or the wrong knowledge or, so this is it, a wrong knowledge concerning Jesus actually restrains or hides a man, a man's mind from knowing Jesus accurately. Okay. So it is not that a man's mind is just in limbo. You know, when we talk about ignorance in the minds of men, we are not saying that they do not have any knowledge at all. Ignorance is actually having the wrong knowledge concerning something. So if you are ignorant of a particular thing, it actually means having a wrong knowledge or having a wrong understanding of that thing. So being ignorant of a thing does not mean not necessarily having any knowledge at all. Mm -mm. 
but it is having the wrong knowledge. Okay? And that was what restrained or that was what hid or held the, their minds from not knowing Jesus accurately. Okay, let's read on. That's not really the emphasis of our conversation today. But verse 25. So verse 25 is going to be where we're going to... Um, verse 25 to 27 is where we're going to spend time and, and tabernacle on. So it says, Then he said unto them, O fools, okay, O fools, and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Wow, this is interesting. So, based on what they explained concerning Jesus, what did Jesus describe them as? Right? He says, Oh, fools. Now, if you look into the meaning of the word fool, there, you know, many will read that and say, Oh, Jesus was insulting them. Uh, not really. Jesus was actually just describing. Um, the state that they were in. In fact, the word fools should be better translated oh foolish ones. So foolish is an adjective. So meaning describing the kind of mind that they had. So the word fool or foolish actually means not understanding. <laughs> Do you see? Not understanding. Right? It, 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 it means not reasoning through a matter. Not reasoning through a matter. Okay? Not reasoning through a matter. So it means not understanding or without understanding. Without proper thinking. So, wow, this is interesting. So the, they had a, what, a wrong understanding concerning Jesus, basically. That's what Jesus was saying. That you and you do not have the right thinking or the right understanding or the right reasoning concerning me. So that's what foolish means. So foolish was not Jesus just insulting them. Oh, you are foolish. No, it is that you are not thinking through, right? Or you are not thinking accurately concerning me. You are not understanding who I actually am. You actually have a wrong understanding. Or you have a wrong reasoning concerning me. And many people do. Yeah, many people do concerning Jesus. Because to, to just focus on Jesus as being that this prophet, this man, you know, who walked about the earth teaching and, you know, raising the dead, performing miracles. And then his focus was to the natural Israel. Um, Jesus would say, you're foolish. Again, what does foolish mean? Foolish just means without understanding or without thinking through properly or accurately. So he says, Oh foolish, or oh you not understanding who I am, or not um not thinking through or reasoning through who I am, and slow of heart, slow of heart to believe. So to be without the word slow actually means slow of understanding. So when we say slow of heart there, it means slow to understand <laughs> who Jesus actually is. Right? Slow to understand who Jesus is. Right? Slow to apprehend. If you look into the word, it actually means to be, to, to be slow to apprehend a matter. 
to be slow to apprehend the matter. So, Jesus is saying that they were slow to apprehend the truth concerning himself. In fact, okay, I'll read it again. It says, Oh foolish and slow of heart, what? To believe. To believe. So, meaning therefore that they, what were they to do concerning all that the prophets spoke about? They were to believe or they were to be persuaded. They were to be convinced concerning what? Concerning all that the prophets spoke about. So, the question is, what did the prophets speak about? Right? What did the pro- what were the prophets loud? See, when we combine all the prophets together, there was something that they spoke about. There was a message that they were loud about. Right? L- look at what he says again. He says, Oh fools, or slow of understanding, or not thinking through. Right? And slow of heart to believe in all. That's what the prophets have spoken. So there is all that the prophets have spoken that they were to reason through, think through, and what believe or be persuaded about. And then he goes on to say it in verse 26 Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So it therefore means that. So this, this, this is very powerful. It therefore means that the things that the prophets spoke about, Cleopas and the other disciple completely misunderstood it. In fact, we can say that the Cleopas and uh, the other disciple knew that the prophets spoke about Jesus. But the question would have been, okay, what is it about Jesus that they spoke about? So, Cleopas and the other disciple, which many assume to be Nathaniel, by the way. So, we can just say Cleopas and Nathaniel, right, did not think through the things that the prophet spoke about concerning Jesus. Or they did not have a proper understanding, okay, they, they found it difficult to understand the things that the prophet or all that the prophets spoke concerning Jesus. Now, what will have been the prophets there? That is where we're going to see verse 27. Or look at verse 26. So, what is it that the prophets spoke? They said, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to, what, and to enter into his glory? Right? Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? So, all that the prophets spoke about can be summarized in verse 26. Okay? It can be summarized in verse 26. So, when we talk about the prophets, the prophetic conversation, okay? The prophetic utterances can be summarized in verse 26. And that also should be a guide for us <laughs> that our own prophetic utterances, right? Or when we talk about the ministry of the prophets, or when we talk about prophecy in general, the conversation, the context, 
of every prophecy, right, should revolve around verse 26. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? It should revolve around that. Of which verse 26 simply means, so suffering these things points to the death of Jesus, right? Entering into his glory will point toward his resurrection or Jesus being made alive. Okay? Yeah? So, Jesus is saying that, and this is very important, please. Jesus is saying that Genesis to Malachi had one conversation. Genesis to Malachi had one conversation and it was concerning Jesus. And what is it concerning Jesus? Because it's not just, you know, you can say, oh, yes, ah, the, the, the scriptures is all about Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. But what is it about him? Because Cleopas and Nathaniel, their issue was not that they didn't know it was concerning Jesus. But it is, okay, yes, it's concerning Jesus. Okay, what is it about Jesus? What is it about Jesus that you understand? And they understood him from a natural point of view. From him delivering Israel physically from the Roman Empire. And that is wrong understanding. That is foolish. That is not thinking through. So what is it about Jesus Christ? Verse 26, Jesus was to suffer these things, that is, he was to suffer death and to what? Enter into his glory and he was to, that is, to be what? Raised up from the dead. So meaning that if Cleopas and Nathaniel actually understood this, when they received the report from the women that Jesus is alive and that his body was no longer present in the sepulchre or present in the tomb, they should have what? They should have rejoiced. They should have been excited. They should have jumped for joy. Yeah? But because they did not have that understanding, they were sad. Because their assumption was that, oh, maybe the chief priests have stolen his body or they've taken his body away and all those things like that. That was what they were thinking. And they were sad by it, saddened by it. Rather, it should have been what? A thing of joy, a cause of joy. Right? But rather, they were sad. So, meaning they had a wrong understanding concerning Jesus. Not that they did not understand that the prophets spoke about Jesus. So, uh-uh. they, agree, they were agree with you. That, yeah, oh yes, there's, there's, a, there's a Jesus that is to come. However, what is it about the Jesus that you understand? That's the main crux. And what we are to understand is that Jesus was to die. He was to suffer death. And he was to be what? To be raised up from the dead. And now look at verse 27. Look at verse 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, right? Beginning at Moses. You know, it's very important for us to pay attention at, at, uh, at where Jesus began. Jesus began at Moses. So what would be Moses? Well, Moses wrote the first five, by, uh, the first five books of the Bible. So Moses wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So we can also say, and beginning at Genesis, <laughs> yeah, beginning at Genesis and all the prophets. So we can now say, oh, so from Genesis to Malachi, what happened? Jesus expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. <laughs> Do you see? Right? And beginning at Moses. So beginning at Genesis. Right? And all the prophets. What did Jesus do? He expounded. 
Now, do now let's pay attention to the word expound. Let's look at the meaning of the word expound. I hope that we are following this because this is the foundation for how we will be interpreting and explaining Genesis. So that when I begin to explain that, oh, this is what this means, right? You won't say, oh my goodness, Daniel, this is heresy and all that stuff. No, I have given the foundation. Now, the word expound means to explain thoroughly. Wow, I love that. To explain thoroughly. To interpret or to accurately explain. Mm. To thoroughly interpret or to accurately explain a matter. I love that. To unfold the meaning of what is said. Right? That's another definition. To unfold the meaning of what is said. So it means, therefore, that what did Jesus do? So the things that the prophets wrote about needs to be explained thoroughly. The things that the prophets wrote about needs to be interpreted accurately. The things that the prophets wrote about needs to be what unfolded. So meaning to just go to the writings of the prophets and you see something and you say, oh, that's it. That's what it means. And to just take it literally as it is, is very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. In fact, that would be what is called being foolish. That would be what is called being slow of heart to believe. Yeah. Because if Jesus himself had to go to Genesis, Exodus, and to unfold the meaning. Do you know what it means to unfold something? It means that it is not as it is. And you need to labor to remove the wrap. It's like a gift wrapped. And you have to remove the wrap, remove the box. I mean, to and, and you know, open the box to get the gift. Yeah, to get the gift. So, what did Jesus do? He explained accurately. He interpreted thoroughly from the scriptures. He unfolded the meaning of what the prophet wrote. Concerning who? Concerning himself. Concerning himself. So, wait, 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 wait. Remember. Yeah, remember. In Luke 24 verse 19, he says, And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth. So, again, the issue is not that, you know, you can know. You can agree with me that, yeah, 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 for sure. The Old Testament writings from Genesis to Malachi are concerning Jesus. That's good. But I've actually come to realize that it is not enough to stop there. <laughs> you still need, we still need to ask for that. Okay, what is it about Jesus that you see in the Old Testament? Because it's when you ask that question that you now see people's, that's where you can now see the, 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 the false reasoning and the false understanding about Jesus that people have. And that's what Jesus had to deal with. He says he went into the scriptures and he explained accurately. He interpreted He unfolded things about himself. So Jesus gave them what? The proper understanding. The proper knowledge of the scriptures. And that's why, and we won't go there, but that's why if you keep on reading down, 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 you will now see that the Bible says that their eyes were open and they knew him. Right? Their, remember when we talked about eyes? <laughs> now it says again, it says their eyes were open and they knew him. How did their eyes open and how did they know him? As a result 
of Jesus accurately explaining himself as a result of Jesus accurately interpreting himself in the scriptures. Right? So, wrong understanding of the scriptures as it pertains to Jesus will actually restrain you, will actually withhold you from knowing Jesus accurately. You know, and that is why you you know you see people say, Oh Lord Jesus, I want to see you. Come to come to my room, you know, reveal yourself to me. I want to lay hold on you in person. I want to touch you, Jesus. See, you can see Jesus physically. Jesus can appear to you physically, and yet you will not have a full, accurate, thorough, complete knowledge concerning him. That's what happened here. Jesus was there physically. They interacted with him. They talked with him. But yet, because of the wrong knowledge, the wrong understanding concerning Jesus that they had, what happened? They didn't know him. Their minds were veiled. Their minds were veiled. Right? So, it is not enough to just say, Oh, Jesus, come into my room. Or come this or come that. No. See, Jesus showed here that the means by which we can actually know him accurately is through the scriptures. See, there is no other way by which Jesus can be made known. And that is the reason for this podcast. See, it's not even enough for you to just pray for Jesus to make himself known to you. It's not enough. It's not just enough. Now, is it wrong to pray the prayer? No, it's not wrong. You should. You should pray. I mean, we prayed before we began this meeting, (laughs) uh, this podcast. But it is not enough to just pray. You need to actually go into the scriptures. And you need to go in with the lens, with the understanding, with the mind of seeing Jesus in the scriptures. And not just seeing Jesus anyhow, but seeing Jesus in his sufferings, in his death, and in his resurrection. That is very important. To see Jesus in any other light or to see Jesus in any other way is to be what? Is to be foolish is to be slow of heart. Now, I know this may be strong for some people to grasp or this may be too strong for, for some people to understand, but that this is I'm just reading what Dr. Luke <laughs> said that Jesus himself said. Right? He expounded. He accurately explained unto Cleopas and unto Nathaniel the things concerning himself. What would have been those things? Ought not Christ to have suffered and to enter into his glory? Ought not Christ to have been killed by men and to be raised up by the Father, by God? That's another explanation <laughs> of that verse. Yeah. Let's see one more. Let's see one more. By This was spoken by Paul himself. And oh my time. Okay. And the way he's looking, we would enter Genesis next in the next episode but this foundation needs to be laid so that when we begin to give some explanations oh you will say okay okay it's not far-fetched ah if the scriptures if what the prophets wrote about if their prophetic conversation was concerning jesus's death and resurrection and then when we read moses and we are reading genesis chapter one we are seeing the death and the resurrection as the explanation there ah it will make sense 
You wouldn't say, oh, no, no. But what about the trees? And what about the lion? And what about the plants? Uh, what about the stars? Well, you, you won't ask such questions, right? Because by God's grace, we will not be foolish or we will not be a people without understanding. But we will be, be a people who are wise or we will be a people who have understanding. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, Acts chapter 26. Praise God. Acts chapter 26. Acts 26. Glory, glory, glory to God. I'm so excited. This is going to be a very beautiful study. <clears throat> and we're going to be systematic. We're going to take time. You know, precept upon precepts. Verse upon verse. Okay? No rush. Okay, so Acts chapter 26. <clears throat> Acts chapter 26. Let us read... Okay, yes. Acts chapter 26, let's read verse 19. Acts 26 verse 19. It says, Whereupon, O King Agrippa, so this is Paul speaking, Paul before Agrippa, I was not obedient unto the heavenly vision. Mm, okay, I was not obedient unto the heavenly vision. So when we say, oh, vision, vision, there is only one vision really. There is a heavenly vision. So let's see what that heavenly vision is. Verse 20. But showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coast of Judea and to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. Okay. And do works meet for repentance. So what is the heavenly vision? Right. What is the heavenly vision? To what? To show first to all. So it touched Damascus, Jerusalem, Judea, Gentiles, basically all men. So to show unto all men that they should what? Repent. What does it mean to repent? The word repent means to align one's mind with the truth. To align one's mind with the truth or to have a change of mind, a change of thinking, a change of thinking from that which is false into that which is true. So that's why it's also called a realignment of the mind to that which is true. What is that which is true that they are to align their minds to, to God, right? They should repent and turn to, the word and there is the word kai, which means even, or I mean, or that is. So they should repent, I mean, turn to God, right? And do works meet for repentance. <laughs> well, some will say, oh, do you see? We are to do works. We are to do works. He didn't say and do works. He says and do works meet for repentance. So meaning that the works that we are to do is that which is a product of our minds being changed to God or our minds being renewed to God. So, so works follow repentance. It is not that it is our works that bring us to repentance. <laughs> no, right? But it is that our minds have been changed from falseness to truth. Our minds have been changed from darkness to light. And then in so doing, we find our works being a reflection. We find our works being a product, a result of what? Of a renewed mind. Or being a product of result of a realigned mind to God. Anyways, verse 21. It says, For these causes, the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill. 
having therefore obtained the help of God, I continue, now look at verse 22, I continue unto this day witnessing both to small and great, witnessing both to small and great. Now look at this, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come. Hmm. You know, do you know it takes extreme discipline? It, you know, some, you know, we, and, and there's something I'm going to say later on, right? And that's why this, the this podcast is actually the gospel of Jesus Christ, because when we go into the scriptures, many times we go in there looking for things about us. Oh, what can I read to benefit me? What can I see to benefit me? But actually, ah, uh, not so. We ought to go into the scriptures to first, now notice the word first, to first see who? Jesus. And again, not just to see Jesus anyhow, but to see Jesus in respect to his death and his resurrection. And then in seeing Jesus in that light, guess what? You now see yourself identified in him. But it is not first about you. It is first about him. And look, look at the doggedness, right? This is Paul speaking here. He said, saying none other things, which means that there are actually other things that you can see from the scriptures. There are other things from the scriptures that you can witness, but it takes a discipline, a doggedness. Oh, Father, oh, Lord, I receive help, not just for myself, but for all who are listening to this, to receive that same discipline as a minister, to be, receive that same discipline as a witness of the Lord Jesus, to say no other thing, right, than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come, right? Remember Luke 24, all that the prophets have spoken. <laughs> Paul will use prophets and Moses did say should come. Verse 23, that Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the people even to the Gentiles. Do you see? Do you see? Are you saying this? Paul even goes into more detail. So Christ should suffer. That is, he should die. He should be the first that should what? That should rise from the dead. <laughs> that should rise what? From the dead. The resurrection. And should what? Show light unto the people. <laughs> right? He should show light unto the people. Even to the Gentiles. So that is to show light unto all men. That is to give his life, to dwell in men, right? Because the light that is shown is shown where? In men's hearts, right? In the hearts of men. So, and Jesus did all of those things. He died, he was raised up, and he showed light. He began showing that light first to the disciples. So, we can say that what Jesus did in Luke 24 to those two disciples was what? After dying, after being raised up, he did what? He now showed light to them by expounding, by interpreting accurately, by explaining thoroughly in the scriptures concerning himself. So what does it mean to show light to the world? Yes, it involves our character. Yes, it involves our conduct. But primarily, it is actually you. <laughs> yeah, it is actually you going into the scriptures and expounding, explaining accurately concerning Jesus in respect to his death and in respect to his resurrection. And guess what? Paul said he said no other thing. 
And my beloved listeners, that is what I'll be doing in Genesis. <laughs> By the grace of God. By the grace of God. As we read through Genesis, don't read archaeology. Don't read history. Don't read, um, you know, earthly, natural things. No, 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 no. What are we going to read? We're going to read concerning the things that Jesus suffered. His death, his resurrection. And he's what? He's showing light unto men. He's showing light unto the hearts of men. Which he did when he was actually raised up from the dead. And which we are doing by his spirit in us. You know, when you actually preach the gospel to men, what are you doing? You're showing light to them. Christ is actually preaching the gospel to you. <laughs> Christ is shining his light to you. Glory be to God. It's going to be an exciting series. Um, we'll continue in the next episode. We're going to dive right straight into Genesis. Uh, please listen again and again to this episode because this will be the foundation. This is basically the key to us understanding Genesis. And not only Genesis alone, by the way, every other book in what we call the Old Testament writings, Genesis to Malachi. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your attention. Um, I look forward to you joining next for the next episode. Continue to shine forth God's light unto all around you and remain blessed. Amen.